What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. It's nice to be with you guys today because it's a fucking horror show out there. I'm reading through the news and, man, I've never seen things as disturbing as what we're going to be, uh, you know, delving into on today's episode. Maybe, maybe it's time for us all to go back to church. Maybe we need a great reset, but it's where we just re-embrace religion uh, and, you know, but a, a less priesty religion, you know, cause the kids aren't always safe in church either. So we're going to need like safe, safe church, you know, a porch tour. That's what everyone needs to do. If you want to cleanse your spirit and feel reattached with goodness in the world, you got to show up to, to, to porches. You got to put your hand on a porch and go, thank you, Robbie, the fire for venturing to my town. And, but don't bring your kids. Kid, kids should not be a porch tour. Porch tour is inappropriate for kids, but you should show up as an adult cleanse your spirit, feel reattached to goodness and wisdom that exists in the universe. And then you can go back and, you know, and be a better parent to your kids. That's, that's what we're trying to do. But, and if you can't make it to porch tour, maybe start going to church again so that you don't end up dragging your kids to drag shows. Just, uh, we're going to need something. I was never uh pro Christian or pro pro really anything, but now all of a sudden the stakes seem real. If I seem disturbed, it's because I actually found footage of that stuff. And then you ever have where you're like, ah, fuck, I shouldn't have watched that. Anyways, uh, apparently it's Pride Month, so, you know, go experiment. You're an adult. Don't don't tell your kids that you're experimenting. Leave the kids out of it. But if you're an adult, it's Pride Month. So, you know, why not get out there? Live on the wild side. Test out a little bit. I don't understand why it needs to be a whole month. Here's the problem. Are we going to run out of months? There's only 12 months. If the blacks already got a month and now the gays got a month, like, and, and we keep forging into new categories. You, you got wolf people. You got people going, hey, I'm a wolf. You got people going, hey, I'm a kitten. You got people going, hey, I'm a brony. And well, when are the, if everyone's claiming month, you better get in early. You better define your group. Find other like-minded individuals who want to claim to be some new species of human being. Identifying as something that didn't exist a couple months ago. And you better claim your month now because there's only 10 left. And just wait till the Jews are like, how come we don't have a Holocaust month? We only get a day and the, the blacks are going to a whole month. And the Jews are really good at complaining and whining. If anything, they started the whole industry of this shit, you know, so just wait till they start complaining that they want a month. And then the football players are like, we're wearing patches for everybody except celebrating, uh, you know, making the NFL month. That doesn't even make sense. I'm just saying we're running out of months. I, 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 I'm, I would be more inclined. Let's consolidate these celebrations to single days. But I'm just saying that while we're on the, hey, you better claim a whole month thing. You, all right. So anyways, let's highlight some recent government failures, starting with what happened with the baby formula. So I wanted to de I wanted to dig in a little bit. And luckily, Zero Hedge, they actually have some good coverage on this stuff. Uh, so let's take a look at what happened with the baby formula. So this is the first article of note from Zero Hedge, uh, title being Big Bottle Breakdown, Big Bottle breaking down the baby formula nightmare. So I'm just going to highlight some pieces from this article. You guys can go read it on your own time, but I did my homework. I'm delving in. I'm finding all the interesting facts. That way you don't have to do anything. You can just sit back on the mornings where I go live and we're going to be live every day soon enough. Don't worry. We're going to get there. But anyways, on the days I go live, you can just sit here and you can get all the information super, super speedy. This is like listening to one of those audiobooks at three times speed with the occasional dick joke mixed in where you turn around and you're like, wow, I got all the important information on the day and I feel antsy and I'm a little bit more confused but that's going to give you the energy to go eat a good lunch. And we're not making lunch jokes yet. All right, here we go. So firstly, Abbott, Nestle, and me, Johnson, have 98% of the baby formula market. Now, why is it that three companies 
control 98% of the market? And why is it that baby formula in this country costs double what it does in Europe? How can that be? How can it be that only three companies got the monopoly? And if you want to go buy yourself baby formula here, it will cost you double what it does in other locations. Well, because the FDA. You know, if you want to create a competition and you want us to be like, hey, I think I can get better baby formula going. I, I, I can import the European stuff that doesn't have all the toxins and heavy metals. That was a claim within the Zero Hedge article. Sometimes like half of the Zero Hedge article, you're like, I'm on board with this. And then they take it a little bit too far. But the stuff that they get right, you're like, I'm pretty sure they have it right. And it, you, what, you really want to be one of these parents who go, oh, I only, I only use the European formula. You're going to end up with one of these gay kids. That's not what you want. All right, that was a bad joke. Anyways, I'm trying to give real information here, not be a big old bigoted person who suddenly uh, you got defamation suits coming out against you. You got episodes being taken down online. You got other running podcasts coming after you saying that you, I don't hate runners. That's not what I'm about. <laughs> All right. Anyways, so we got baby formula in this country. Costs you double what it does in other places. You got three companies. They got 98% of the market. And a big reason for that is because if you're at the FDA, do you have any incentive to allow new companies into the market? I mean, the FDA, I guess you just kind of want safety within the marketplace. So if you got three companies and they're kind of already getting everybody products, you don't care what the products cost. Is it your responsibility to make sure that there could be better products or that products are cheap and available. That's not your job. Your job is just to make sure that there's safety. So if you got three companies and uh, you're already doing other business with them, hey, you might as well just let this thing sit. Do you really want to get off your ass and start reviewing new companies? I mean, what incentive exists within government to try and increase competition? That's not what they're about. I mean, that, or at least like when you're compartmentalized and you're just a person at the FDA, does the FDA have the new competition department? that's specifically just there to give like new licenses or try and bring things speedily to market to increase competitions. That doesn't exist. And then you've got, and this part is so confusing. It still doesn't make any sense to me. You're like, what? That doesn't make sense. But essentially 50% of all of the formula on the market, or at least from what I'm reading, is bought by the state for poor people. And it's through like a rebate system where I guess you get your coupons and you can only buy like particular brands. Now, I don't know why poor people are having that many babies compared to the not poor people that 50% of all baby formulas go into poor people that wouldn't be able to even purchase the baby formula without food stamps. Something about that stat sounds wrong. Something about that sounds like I either read it wrong or it was reported wrong. But let's go with what we know for sure. Why don't we put it in what is definitely accurate terms, a substantial portion of baby formula is purchased through the state through a rebate system. And so what happens is if you're a store and you want to stock baby formula, well, every single state has a contract with one baby formula provider, right? And so if you're a store, you're probably only going to buy that single baby formula. Why? Because you already have the built-in demand of the state contract that will only purchase that through a rebate. Now that sounds confusing. So I'm going to re-explain it to the best of my understanding. Essentially you're poor and the state says, Hey, I will buy Abbott formula for you. As long as you're buying Abbott formula, it will be uh, covered by the state. So now if you're a store, let's say in Connecticut, you're going to stock only Abbott formula. Why? Because you've got the built-in demand that 50% of purchases are covered by the state. But then that also means you jack up the prices on the other consumers 
because I, I actually I don't really understand that part. I don't understand why you're jacking up the prices on the consumers. Well, I guess because there isn't you're not going to stock the competition. And so it, you're going to end up with an increase in cost because there is no competition for the goods and services. All right. Let's simplify this, everybody. You know, I thought I did my homework. I thought I had a firm understanding. This is like being back in school when you showed up to the test and you're like, I don't know what that graph looks like at all. Man, I really just convinced myself that I understood this. So I could go masturbate again. Uh, so let's simplify. One, FDA has no reason to bring new products to market. They're not in the business of getting you cheaper goods and services. They're not an entrepreneur that can make money if they come to market with a better product. So they've got no reason to do that. They don't really do that. Then you also have that government is stepping in. They're buying a substantial amount of the baby formula, and they like single contracts that they just purchase from uh, from single companies, which uh, means that if one of the companies goes under, well, yeah, you're pretty clearly going to have a supply line issue because there aren't even other companies making this product. All right. And then here was the last piece of information from this article that I would like to highlight, which I believe is true of everything we've seen of FDA and kind of this revolving door of people going from pharmaceutical companies to then working at government. Same as what we've seen in finance, same as what we've seen in the military industrial complex. Hey, I was the CEO of that company, but now I'm just regulating them. And, you know, I, I, I don't even have friends over there. I didn't even like working there. I'm not giving these people any favors and I'm not going to go back working there when I'm done here with an even better contract. I don't still have stock options over there. I, I'm not, I, I got no incentive. I'm just an honest FDA man that luckily after my experience with working at Pfizer, I have a real understanding of the way that the pharmaceutical companies operate. And so I will have the best credentials in order to legislate them. Sure. My time at Goldman Sachs makes me a true expert in the way that finance and the markets work. And so I have the clearest understanding that if we don't bail out AIG, the entire system's going to go down. I'm not I'm not helping out Goldman Sachs. It's just my expertise from working in the market and you know, I might have worked at this uh defensive contracting company and I might be in their debt. I'm talking about Dick Cheney now. And so, you know, I'm just going to war for the safety of the country. It's not to make sure that I can make them all that money back from when I was a bad CEO and they lost all that money. Anyways, here was a piece from this article. So Abbott, which I actually thought made the best COVID testing uh, kits. I thought that they were the easiest to understand. You know, I'm not good with instructions, but I found those instructions. Those were pretty good. You put in your nose, you put it down, tells you you got COVID, tell you you don't got COVID. Cost you 20 bucks to get two of those kits. And then if you're nervous like me, you can make sure that before you show up on some reports tour, you've tested yourself and you're clean and you ain't got none of these uh, none of these variants to spread around. You're not going to call Davy Smith and be sneezing on everybody at the LP and getting them all sick. Except someone else got Dave. So I'm not saying that he was the the origin there. Why am I hating on Davy Smith? Davy Smith came in pure, clean, tested, and then some asshole. You know, I saw someone sneeze on Dave Smith. I saw it with my own eyes. It was right after Nick Starwalk ran into someone and then claimed physical abuse. Somebody else sneezed on Dave Smith. It was like the utmost of corruption amongst the Libertarian Party. We need better security at these events. All right, here's the line. FDA and Abbott Labs was also behind the rapid COVID testing scandal, where FDA official Tim Stenzel, who had worked at Abbott, then approved Abbott as one of the two firms to make those tests and blocked all other entrants. All right, so we got people. We got them going from the FDA's back to these companies, to the companies, back to the FDA. They've got no incentive to competition. You end up with closed markets. And so you're vulnerable to supply line issues because you really, you only have three companies. There isn't a lot of diversity of where these things are coming from. 50% of it's being bought from states that have single contracts. So we've got a pretty bad system, you know, to start out. 
Then here was another Zero Hedge article, just letting you guys know what happened. Abbott restarts baby formula plant crisis, including shutdown, was likely needless. Now, I'm going to be honest. This article includes a lot of information from Abbott, which basically says, hey, we tested and uh, there was really no linkage between uh, those three baby deaths and our products. There was the same bacteria found within the water that those people were mixing with. We tested our batches. They were clean. I would just point out, if you're the FDA and you don't allow competition in the market and you're shutting down one of your biggest factories, why is it that once it makes the news, suddenly you're figuring out how to reopen that factory? What was going on before that, that there was no urgency to address the situation? Like, why is it that suddenly when there's bad press, you can figure out how to reopen the factory? But prior to that, you couldn't. I mean, what was like, what's the real dirty thing that was going on behind the scenes, the shakedown? And then apparently this was interesting about this article is that Abbott makes a ton of money on other stuff. They don't even really care about the baby formula market, which is why that even when this news came out, their stock price didn't drop at all. So why is it that you got, you know, uh, such an important item coming from one single company that they don't even care? They basically look at the FDA. All right, you want to shut us down? Fine. You're going to starve some kids. You think we care if you're starving some kids? We don't care. You know how many other products we got? We're making money. We're making money all over the place. Sure. That, 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 those starving kids are on your hands. All right. But here was the most interesting line of the article. Like I said, I did my homework. I came in prepared. I read things. Here it is. In May 25th, congressional testimony, FDA Commissioner Robert Califf acknowledged that the investigation was unable to link the Abbott plant to the illness. All right. So why do you shut it down? <laughs> and then if you do shut it down, why don't you make some calls? Why don't you let people know, hey, we're, we're going to be short on some baby formula. You're going to have some hungry kids out there. You might have to uh, reorganize this whole system, have some states that got plenty of it, ship it to the other states, except you got these contracts that you're only allowed to take it from one provider. Whole thing gets a little bit confusing. Uh, but hey, we've got a president. And uh, let's hear him comment on what took place, because I'm sure he had it under control. There was a, this could have been moved quicker. You know, the question you always, on every single thing, why didn't Jack sooner? Um, well, I don't think anyone anticipated the impact of the shutdown of one facility uh, in uh, uh, and the, the, the Abbott facility. And it was accurately shut down because it was, the formula was questioned in terms of its, its purity. And so once we learned of the extent of it and how broad it was, we kicked everything into gear. And I think we're, uh, I think we're on the way to be able to completely solve the problem. They did, but I didn't. Well, the real problem occurred when it started, when it got shuttered. Um, so you're saying we, they should have anticipated it would be shuttered. The answer is, well, here's the deal. I became aware of this problem sometime in after April. There you go. And if and in case you didn't already feel comfortable about, hey, government's got it under control. Uh, well, then here, let's take a look at these cops who... Uh, you know, telling you, hey, you don't want to run into that building. There, there's a shooter in there. 
And uh, you know what? Let, let's let's uh, you better hold up. You know, uh, we better we better uh, hang out out here. And you know, because that that guy, there's a guy shooting kids in there. You really want to go into that building? You really want to go into a building with the guy who's shooting? We better everyone better chill and hang out out here. So if you're out there, you're one of these people probably not listening to this show, spending your whole life fan of government, going, "Hey, don't worry, they got it under control." Uh, how they doing with the kids lately? How's it going? All right, let's check in. I'm sure we got some comments. I'm sure it's been feisty in the live feed. Roscoe, loyal listener, throwing the fire signs out there. There you go. How horse bear. I'm in Peru with the fiance. There's so much baby food in every freaking pharmacy. Uh, full grown man. I love that every time I catch you live, you're already on a tangent. Yeah, that's probably accurate. Gil Mamon, what's up, Gil? By the way, due to protectionist policies by the FDA, European formulas are banned. Euro formulas are objectively considered healthier, but don't meet FDA standards. He sucks ass so much. I could actually see Biden, you know, getting her off stage and just sucking on some buttholes, but dude buttholes, because that's not cool. If it was female buttholes, I might be like, all right, I, I'm more of a liquor. But all right. Anyways, I had other things to talk about. What else we got going on? So along the lines of Biden, all of his blunders, getting out there, saying crazy shit. So last week, I did a breakdown. You guys can go down the Run Your Mouth archive. He had an op-ed in the New York Times. I did a breakdown of it. He also had an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. And I wanted to do a breakdown of it, but I realized I was unqualified. I was reading it. He's talking about inflation. And I was like, you know what? Maybe they're like, it didn't sound that bad. It's like he was making a pitch that things are going okay in the economy. You know, prices are going up, but there's other growth that's going on. And uh, it, it just seemed like, all right, I guess whoever wrote this one, they, they kind of did, except they were completely lying. It turned out to be completely not true. You know, firstly, this is a good chart. This is also uh, uh, thanks to Zero Hedge because they did an article breaking this one down. But this chart will showcase for you that when Putin keeps going on and he's saying, I mean, when Biden keeps going on and saying, hey, that's Putin's price hike. Well, this chart will show you price inflation uh, relative to, you know, the start of the war and pr prior to the war. I believe I believe that's what's in the chart. Next is. He was saying, this was Biden, families are carrying less debt and their average savings are up. And there you go. Two charts right in front of you. If you're a listener to the show, I will link in uh, my slides so you can check it out. Or you can go find the Zero Edge article. I'll link that in as well. Or you can also just go to YouTube. You can watch the video. You can see my pretty face and how much I pace around and shuffle while yelling like an idiot. Uh, but there you go. Charts are right in front of you, showcasing the fact that neither of these statements are true. Savings are not up in this country and Americans are not carrying less debt. Wasn't true. He said it just wasn't true. Uh, then this one also caught my eye. Here's a couple of uh, quick news stories and then we're going to get into the horror show that is our country. Um, back in Sandy Hook, there was an interesting lawsuit against uh, gun manufacturers. In that case, it was Remington that they were found. I think they were prosecuted. Insurance company had to pay $72 million dollars. Uh, on the basis that their marketing was, uh, they were trying to claim that the marketing was towards individuals who would go out and do crimes, essentially. I mean, that's kind of a broad definition of what it was, but they were saying that there was liability on gun manufacturers if they marketed their products in an irresponsible way. And so uh, one of these parents as well is opening up the same lawsuit. Now, what is interesting about this is that this is another way that you can theoretically get gun control is that, yeah, government says that uh, guns are legal. You can have them, except nobody can afford one. 
because now gun manufacturers are liable if uh, you get a crazy individual, crazy individual buys the gun, goes and does something crazy. Well, now they're liable for all those deaths. And then think about what they're going to have to pay for insurance and then what your gun will cost you. And now all of a sudden nobody can like, yeah, it's legal. You can own a gun, but nobody can afford it. Like the, the, it's a different way of essentially, uh, you know, bringing gun control onto America is opening up these gun manufacturers to lawsuits for, you know, things that they it's like if I buy a car and then I go, you know, driving into a group of people. Well, is the car manufacturer responsible for that? And then send me, they didn't sell me the car for the purpose of driving it. And then you can make the argument, well, Land Rover showing that you can go off road. They're, they're showing you how much of a man you'll be if you go off-roading on your vehicle. So when I jumped a curb to see how many people I could plow over, that's exactly what Land Rover was advertising to me. Or a Hummer, you can feel like a real man. Look at the way you can scale rocks. You can also scale people. That's what Hummer was advertising, was feeling like a real dude by plowing people over. Well, no, that's clearly not what they were intending. That's clearly not the way they were advertising. But at least in the Sandy Hook case, Remington lost. I believe that they are probably going to revisit that one and try. I don't understand like, like secondary court cases. Like, can you imagine like if the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing got retried? Like, how do you go through this shit again? Like, I, I can barely do things once in life. The idea, like the repetitiveness of showing up. I would just like, if I was Johnny Depp and I'd show up a second time, I'd be like, fuck it. I'll just give her her money. But I don't care. Yeah, I beat, I beat her. I beat her. Like that, that, that would be like an interrogation to me to have to sit through that entire thing again, make another show for the jury. I don't understand the concept of retrials. I know they happen in this country and makes, and it's even weirder because I guess they can escalate where like one court will do it. And then the next court will be like, all right, well, that court clearly fucked up. And then it gets all the way to the Supreme court. That one makes no sense to me. I feel like trial. That's like a Super Bowl game. Yeah. Like that, that, that it's a Super Bowl game and you're retiring as the quarterback. There, there's no runbacks. You do it once. However, it comes out, it comes out. And then, you know, I, I, I'd fix the system that you don't end up with bad court cases like that. All right. Anyways, what the fuck was I trying to talk about? Oh yeah. Yeah. This Remington. I, I said it was going to be a quick one. Uh, but so Preston has been set for suing gun manufacturers. And so obviously that's happening again in this case. And then this was from the lawyer, which I thought was interesting, or maybe it was the parent. Going after the police officers who made a mistake isn't going to preventing uh, prevent it from happening at other places, he says. She feels like if we go this direction, we can make a change. There you go. Uh, having police officers actually respond to a school shooting and going inside and shooting the person who's perpetrating the violence, that, that wouldn't make a difference. Having armed teachers, having other security, having someone actually <laughs> like none of that would make a difference. None of that would help. Armed police officers who are trained showing up and actually responding to crimes wouldn't help. We shouldn't even have a conversation about police liability. We shouldn't even try and have a conversation about police training or police actually doing the job that they're paid for. That would make no difference whatsoever. The only thing that could possibly make a difference, like, I mean, talk about the nonsense. God bless lawyers. You know, they'll fucking spin any story. Um, all right. And then one more case of government failure that we're going to highlight. And then we're going to get into the horror show that I've been. I, I keep teasing the horror show that we're about to get into. And we're, we're, there, there's a horror show coming up. All right. So there's been scattered news stories of how much of the grain from the world comes out of the Ukraine. All the fertilizer coming out of Russia and what that might be happening to food harvest and whether or not you're going to be starving next year, waiting on bread lines trying to murder your neighbor to make people soup, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> we don't know. How bad is this thing going to get? Nobody really knows. However, from everything I'm reading, it sounds like, uh, you know, the, the, the shitty countries are going to starve and we'll probably be okay over here. And, you know, in America, they, uh, they we just like to pretend like we care about equality. We just like to pretend like we care about the little man. But that's only here when uh, when we can steal money, basically take money back from other countries that probably need it more so that we can pay for your health care. We can pay for your gender reassignment surgery. We don't really care about the state of the world in other countries. Uh, so you had one article in The New York Times basically describing how we've got we're going to need to go on a mission. We got to go on a mission. We got to get all the world's armies together and we got to go. And we got to go to the ports of Moscow and we got to open up those ports and we got to get our hands on this grain and we got to make sure that it gets to Africa, because if we don't do that, people are going to starve. But then there was another article in The New York Times a couple days later, basically talking about Russia seems to have seized all this grain. So we keep talking about like these fields. I don't think they're planting the fields. I think like next year is going to be the bigger problem. I think the harvest from this past year, I guess, were harvested before the war. And now Russia's got its hands on a couple hundred million dollars of Russian grain, and they've got port access in their own country, and they're looking at Africa, and they're going, hey, you know, we're at war here. We got a war to cover. We got some plunder. Well, why don't we sell you our plunder? And then America's standing there, and they're looking at Africa, and they're going, nope, you guys got to starve. Like, uh, we need everybody, all hands on deck here. We need all everyone supporting this war, and so we need you guys to support our cause, not buy that stolen grain. And, and we're not going to offer you resources instead. We're just going to encourage you that you let your people starve. And I bring this up just to say, what the fuck is the plan here? I mean, we're not letting Biden, I mean, we're not letting Putin walk this thing back. So what exactly is the plan? Are we hoping that Putin just finally goes, you know what, guys, I was evil. I was evil. And so I'm going to step down. I'm going to return all these areas to you guys. I'm going to uh, hand myself over to be prosecuted of war crimes. And um, I'm also going to benefit. I'm, I'm going to hand over my trillion dollars that I plundered from the Russian people so that hopefully you guys can use this money. You can invest in fields and get the world fed by next year. What exactly is the plan here? Like, I, I, and are there no logistics people that look down on the numbers of like food and where things are coming from and then go, hey, maybe we shouldn't be pushing Putin into this war. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this NATO thing. Or maybe we got to forecast ahead of time and we have to make sure that there's enough food reserves before we do this. Like maybe maybe that's what it is. You got to forecast an entire year ahead of time, start harvesting all this grain. I, I mean, I don't really know how much of our country is like just barren land that I guess the U.S. government could have spent the money done some big ass giant fucking fields and been like, all right, we got enough food for a year. Now we can afford to go do this war. But what exactly is the plan here? And, and, and then I just the idea of telling other countries that don't have food, hey, we, we need we need your support here. Hey, India, we you can't go buy Russian oil. I don't care if you guys don't have the energy you need. We need all hands on deck in shaming Putin so that he just comes to the table and goes, hey, guys, I'm really sorry. I really I, w I wasn't being a nice guy. Like, can, what, what exactly is the plan here? Because I'm pretty sure that's the plan. I'm pretty sure if you like, if you really boil down what Biden's philosophy is, it's we're just going to continue to make things difficult. And at some point, you know, Putin's going to uh, apologize. We're just we're just waiting on Putin's apology. All right. Good luck with that strategy. All right. Let's take a couple comments. Um, 
David Allen, all the Russian oil that was supposedly sanctioned, it's just going through third parties who take a cut like India, that it um, that is what's causing the price hike, not supply. Fair enough. How do I get in on the Indian Russia oil trade? That's my newest thing. Just bet on evil. You know, if India is willing to accept it, we know that there's a free market for goods and services. Russia's got oil that people want. India is willing to buy it. Everyone else is willing to pretend like they don't want it or need it. How do I make money on that? I don't know. Speaking of how you make money on things, it's a good segue into our next topic, which is, uh, oh, yeah, all right. Here, a couple more quick scoops. A couple more quick scoops. Here, we'll take a couple more comments, then we'll do a couple more uh, couple more quick scoops. Why doesn't Sheath uh, have a pouch for your ears? I don't know. Robert's going to be on the show later. We can get, like, flaps. I feel like this would actually be a good hat for uh, for a couple, couple flaps. Okay, Maxim G2, blah, 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 blah. They don't care what the costs are. Even worse than the Russian people see this and the government uses this as a propaganda against the West, solidifying Putin's support. All right, fair enough. This is from the New York Post. Will the secret New York migrant flights ever stop? And this is one of those half news stories where it's like, how many flights? How many people? Where are they coming from? Where are they going? They don't tell you any of that. They just show you the pictures. Westchester Airport, Biden, in the middle of the night. Apparently, immigrants are coming over. They sneak over the border and they go, hey, here's a plane ticket. You want to go to Westchester? You want to go check out Connecticut? You want to go check out some random bus stations? It's like they're just secretly distributing illegal immigrants across the country. That's at least the claim. I'd like some more information. How many people are we talking about? Where do you got to sneak in to get one of these free plane tickets? What happens when you get over the border between that and when you get on this plane? What happens when you get off this plane? What happens a couple years later? What, are they just importing all these people into New York City so that they can vote? No, like, sir, I, I mean, it's it just, it's not enough information to show me a picture of a plane and people getting off of it and just going, hey, we got these super secret flights. You know, let's let's get the investigative journalism going, which, by the way, horror show that I keep teasing coming up shortly. I actually found someone who did some good journalism. I was very excited to see that. All right, next news story. And this is what I was uh, teasing before. I will come back to that one. But we got to figure out how to get on this uh, insider trading government scandal thing. Start following the Nancy Pelosi's. Gil Mimone, I think you had a channel following just the the trade of these global elites, these senators. Because here you have last week, solar panels. Companies making solar equipment jumps 20%. Why? Government changes the regulation on import tariffs. Now, all of a sudden, there's more profits on the table. Boom, skyrocket. So here's another one. You get your ethanol fuel. Biden goes 15%. He goes 10%. He plays the hokey pokey. He goes, let's go down to 3%. Then he goes to 9%. Every time he makes those changes, all of a sudden, he got more money in corn, which is fucking wild that there might be food problems next year, and we're going to turn more corn into fuel, which apparently, I'm reading, is not good for the environment because you end up with more spillage and leakage and chemicals and this kind of shit. And then it also, I'm reading, it's fucking corrosive to pipes. But no, no, no. Even though there's going to be a food shortage next year, we're going to mandate turning more corn into energy. But then corn, all of a sudden, those futures start going off the fucking charts. So I I think that's the biggest trade is just basically predicting what government legislation is going to come in, which is the hardest trade to make because now you're not analyzing markets. You're you're not analyzing goods, services, entrepreneurs who, who can predict markets. It's none of that. You're just predicting the Fed and government legislation and the rules that they're going to put in place because that's where all the profits are. That's the only way to make any profits. Hey, uh, the Fed's going to keep printing money and they're going to keep buying stocks. They're going to keep doing the QEs. I'll put it in the market. Hey, the Fed's going to, seems like they're not going to do that. So I I better pull out and shove it up my ass. You know, that way no one can take it from me. I better buy food, put it into my closet. Hey, they're going to create new legislation. 
that allows you to profit off these things because government's going to put all the money into green energy. What companies are going to put it into? That's where you want to invest. All right. And now, before we get into this next topic, um, it's disturbing. I'm not going to lie. I was watching these videos. Uh, and uh, I, I, we're not going to watch any of the videos that includes, uh, we're going to, um, all right, I haven't even introduced the topic. I forget. A lot of you guys listen. You ain't watching this video. You don't know what I just pulled up on the screen, but I warn you, it's, this shit's disturbing. So take some yo Kratom, home in the $60 kilo. I wish I had taken some Kratom this morning before I started watching these videos. I wouldn't have been crying like a little bitch going, I don't want to live in this world anymore. They're abusing kids. So, you know, take your yo Kratoms or your yo Deltas if that's what you're into. You use promo code RYM. You can get 20% off on your yo Deltas. You can get so stoned you don't even know what you're watching. You're like, I think those are adults and those are hot chicks. That's how stoned you can get on your Deltas. Or you take the yo Kratoms and then you feel a uh, nice, peaceful tranquility if you're over the age of 21. Uh, and then and then you, you can watch any of the horrors that take place in the world. You won't even be bothered by it. That's the beauty of Kratom. You know, you, you, can, <laughs> you can get through some some hard times with the old Kratom home of the $6 kilo. And that's like a two month supply. If you're like a regular Kratom user, maybe even a three month supply. So think about how many horrible things you want to be in store for more horrible things. Make sure you got your Kratoms. All right. So anyways, you had this, uh, drag your kids to pride and I'm going to be honest. Cause you know, when that Charlottesville thing happened, I was like, how many racists we really got in this country? You know, you got people screaming, Hey, we got tides of racism and white nationalism and white nationalists are converting into Nazis. And then it's only a matter of time before they start rounding up immigrants and, you know, Hitler's being uh, unfrozen because they storm with Walt Disney and we're going to leave Walt Disney frozen because, you know, Mickey Mouse creeps us out at this point. No one, no one likes those animations, but they're going to unfreeze Hitler and uh, we're not going to have a country anymore. The democracy is going to be over and Trump's going to work with Hitler. So it's going to be like a super villainous bad guy group. <laughs> All right. So anyways, I'm wondering when it comes to some of these trans things, let's take a step back and go. All right. We're seeing these news stories. But how prolific is it? Is it is it is this one of those things where we're getting afraid of some slippery slope that doesn't exist? It's actually a very smooth and well-gripped slope because a lot of things happen in this world. Hey, Vietnam, the domino theory. If we don't stop Vietnam, everyone's going socialism. Like so, like I almost feel like the argument of slippery slopes are a slippery slope where you start going, hey, we better take drastic action because if we don't, it's a slippery slope. Right. And then but the, but the slippery slope argument is a slippery slope because maybe you're taking drastic action where you don't even need drastic action. You're getting nervous about things where you can just calm the fuck down. All right. So let's just go in with an acknowledgement that while this is being more widely reported at this time, perhaps it's not quite as prolific as uh, as the string of events that I'm about to string together for you now. Uh, and showcase some of the horrors of things that are going on are going to be. All right. So anyways, I finally found the video. I was cracking a bunch of jokes on uh, part of the problem. That's what I do. But then I watched the video and it was actually pretty disturbing because I, I don't know. It almost felt like I was watching like, uh, I, I don't know. It was just like you're watching. It, it felt like you were watching child abuse, like because you're actually seeing the smiling kids faces in a situation where I would think it's inappropriate for them to be. I think anyone, just about anyone would think it's inappropriate. Uh, and uh, so we're not going to watch any of that. What we are going to watch is interviews with some of the individuals that were there, uh, because I do think it's very insightful to see the perspective and kudos to the journalist on this, uh, whose YouTube channel. Oh, I think I put in the notes cause I do want to plug, uh, where I found this. 
All right, I think it's on the next page. I'll be able to plug where I found this. Uh, but kudos to this journalist who just asked the questions. He's not he's not demonizing them. He's not he's just going, hey, I'm looking for your perspective on what is going on here. And I think some of these responses are very telling. So let's give it a listen and let's uh, let's break it down. So we just got done with the Drag Your Kid to Pride event at Mr. Mr. in downtown Dallas. And I am here with Noel Sinclair. What do you say to the conservative parents that wouldn't bring their children to an event like this? Why? Here's the thing. I don't think that there is any kind of issue with exposing children to this. So do you think exposing children to drag will result in more um, kids doing drag eventually? I think so. Um, and, and I hope so, because like I... Like I said, it's the biggest confidence booster. Like, yes, it can be negative at times, but but I, I think that drag builds confidence. Do you think exposing kids to drag will make more pe- more children go into drag eventually? I feel like yes, because I feel drag is such like an art form. There's so much dancing, there's hair, there's wigs, there's makeup. There's so many things that kids will like. All right, we can stop it there. Firstly, I, I believe, and maybe this is my my own ignorance, so pardon, I, I didn't get the education that kids do now to be this aware of the ins and outs of these counter uh, cultures. Uh, I, I guess I guess drag differs from... Uh, from trans, like I don't think these people are trans. I think maybe they just this is more like they're trans for a week. I I don't know. I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. You know, maybe maybe I'm arguing for why in high school, not for kids, but maybe come like 15, 16 as part of health class, you should get these definitions so you can be better informed. Because uh, you know, it comes up on job interviews, or if it doesn't now, it will in the future to show how pro equality are you, how well informed are you on the plight of random individuals and the art that they're trying to do. Hey, hey, God bless these people. They drew more of a crowd than I did in Pittsburgh. So, you know, maybe that's what I got to do with my comedy. It's inappropriate for kids, but maybe uh, the exposure. Well, I, I, I don't know. So anyways, the point I'm trying to make is that I would think that what the conservatives would be alarmed about is, hey, if we expose kids to this, I think you're indoctrinating them so that more of them will think that this is a good idea and that more of them will do it as an adult and you'll actually be encouraging this, which if you're into it, go do it. But it's probably not the easiest of lifestyles. So maybe we shouldn't encourage it of kids. And so now you have the actual individuals who are putting together the event. And but they they like what they're doing. They think that this lifestyle has brought them confidence. It's uh, it's brought them some value. And so they want to share this value with kids to encourage them as well that they should go pursue this. Now, did these people find these activities later in life when they were 30 plus and then all of a sudden it was a new and fun experience? And maybe that's a lot different than telling some six or seven year olds. It's kind of like marijuana. You know, you might think that marijuana or mushrooms benefited your life. I don't think you'd encourage encourage a six or seven year old to go engage in that activity. I, I certainly wouldn't. And I, I don't even make the argument that like that these are beneficial. Maybe hallucinogenics, maybe once a year. Maybe we can make that argument for you out there who are regular potheads. I don't th- I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, you might enjoy it or you might find it. Uh, it decreases your anxiety. You, you might find that there are benefits for you. But are you going to encourage kids? And do you really think that you're like, I know I don't want I don't want to shame anyone who's a regular pot smoker. God bless if that's what you're into. Doesn't work for me on a daily basis. I do enjoy my marijuana, but I definitely do not get my best work done uh, when I'm smoking. 
Uh, but so even for these people, like if you think that this created value in your life, is it really a value that you want to expose kids to? Is it really valuable for a six or seven year old? And they are reaffirming exactly the concerns of conservatives, which is you are trying to teach kids so that you'll get more of this. Like you're very specifically, you're like that literally from their mouth. Yes, I do believe that this is going to encourage kids and so that more people will try this. All right, now let's watch another one. So we just got done. Regardless of what's happening on outside, like I said, it's what's happening in the building. And we were here for these children to show them that they are loved. So, yeah. What, what do you say to the, the children that, you know, whose parents wouldn't bring them to something like this? That they have a place here. They have people who will support them and continue to love on them. And I'm so sorry that their family doesn't give them that, but they can find family in others. All right. Isn't it incredible the perspective from these individuals where they really feel like they found something that is helpful to kids? Doesn't it doesn't it start sounding like well, like a little bit of a re religion of sorts or it's like to them like this is the fountain of youth. They found a well of water. And if you can just sneak into this building and drink this water, you you will feel better about your you'll live a better life. You'll feel redeemed. It's like the confidence that they have and that what they're doing is actually beneficial to kids. So these, these aren't people that were dumb or th these weren't people that overlooked, Hey, maybe this is inappropriate. I mean, from their own mouths, they seem to have an agenda, but it's not, it's an agenda of helping people. They actually think that what they've done is beneficial. They've created an environment of love, a sanctuary for kids that they can feel comfortable. I don't know what's going on in these kids' lives that outside of a drag show, they don't feel any love. They don't feel any acceptance that five, six, and four-year-olds need to be need, need to be brought to a drag show as being the only place that they can possibly have these experiences of love and acceptance. Uh, but apparently, like you start hearing from these people, this wasn't an oversight. Now, you can't criticize them and go, hey, it seems like you've got an agenda, and I don't know that this agenda is beneficial. So they both go, hey, there's no agenda here. What are you talking about? We're not trying to push anything. But then at the same time, you listen to them, and it sounds like they've just gone to church. It sounds like they're having a spiritual uh, uh, experience, and so they just want other kids to be able to benefit from this. If you don't, if you got parents who won't show you, allow you to sit here and feel what we've got, well, then, you know, we'll sneak in. Every, every child should be allowed to experience this. All right, and then here, this one's worthwhile as well. Do you think drag is normal behavior that we should start to pushing into the mainstream more? I feel like, yes. I feel like before I started doing drag, I was like so close-minded on like so many things. And like, once I started doing drag, I started learning more about like my community and like transgender lives and gay pride and like the stone wall. It's so, it's so educational. And I feel like it's something that everybody should like get into and like learn about. Do you think that drag is something that should be pushed into the mainstream 
it already is, whether people know it or not. A lot of the sayings they use and stuff came straight from RuPaul's Drag Race, and so they're taking it over like shade and tea and all of that is a big part of what's already in the straight community, and just they just are embracing it even though they don't understand where it came from. All right, now I don't know. I've never watched RuPaul Drag Queen, but isn't this once again like exactly... You, you just flip it. Isn't that exactly what conservatives would say that they were afraid of? Hey, if we put something like this on TV, we're going to normalize it and it's going to filter its way to kids that you watch something on TV. I mean, I, I, we've all done it. You, for some reason, you watch things on TV and it's just cool. Like, you know, there's something about that. There's this magical box. We've all sat down with it. We were somewhat raised by it. And if it's on TV, for some reason, things that you know, like here's the best example of that. Uh, World Series of Poker. I had no idea what poker was. Suddenly that's on TV and we all were playing poker because it was there was something really cool about it. You wanted to be a part of it. We all watch sports. Well, you know, a part of what part of what it is, is that when something is on TV, uh, that means that there's money behind it. And yes, you were playing a lottery. It's like uh, the same way I got into comedy. You watch comedians are like, fuck, yeah, dude, that's a cool job. I feel like I could do that one. But we've all done that. We all at some point were watching pro wrestling. And you're like, oh, that would be a cool thing. We all want to play bags because there's money to it. All of a sudden, you put these things on TV and there's a way to become uh, famous. There's a way to become adored. There's a way to make money. And you're like, well, that's uh, that that seems viable. And then it becomes a shortcut where uh, women use status as a shortcut for basically seeing good genetics going, hey, this guy's a winner. And so TV is a weird way to kind of hack that system where you're on TV and you got status and then women go, oh, yeah, I want that. Jeanette. I want those jeans. Anyways, point I'm trying to make is that what would have been conservative arguments that people would shut down and go, hey, no one's trying to indoctrinate kids. Hey, there's no agenda here. Hey, programs on TV are not influencing it from the mouths of the individuals attending these events. All of those fears seem to be actualized. And now along the uh, same, uh, oh wait, I wanna watch this one clip because I think. We're little children. You don't think that's disgusting? Dancing around for little children? Get away from me. Don't you get think that's disgusting? I need you to hey, you don't think get that's, the you don't fuck think, away. Hey, you can't just touch me. You don't think that's disgusting? Hey, you can't just touch me. You don't Your mom's a bitch. Go on. You don't think that's disgusting? Dancing for little children. You should be you, you should be ashamed of yourself dancing for little children. You should be ashamed of yourself. You got you got That was my favorite line of the whole thing. I fuck him. Is he a child? The one thing I would showcase is you got this hillbilly guy missing teeth. Looks like he's an out of an episode of cops. If I was writing Reno 911, I would write this guy in as a character. And so these are the people that are making decisions about I guess what would be beneficial for our kids? This is this is the this is a win for society. Is uh the like the, these people? Uh, I guess sharing their cultural experience with little children. Like I said, disturbing. Take your yo kratoms because we're gonna de delve a little bit further into uh what I find disturbing about this. And once again, I'm pro. Do whatever the fuck you want with your life, particularly if you're an adult. God bless. People should respect you. People should be nice to you, but are we taking this a little bit too far and are we bringing things that are inappropriate to kids? Now, there was a documentary made by the Daily Wire called What is a Woman? I have not watched the full documentary. I did watch this guy when he was on Dr. Phil and I've watched clips of the documentary that were all very, very interesting. 
Here is a clip that I watched off of his YouTube channel in which he's interviewing a doctor. Doctor specifically works in gender reaffirming care. And what I found very creepy about this is that to me, it started to sound like if you've ever watched footage of a plastic surgeon and a plastic surgeon is telling people about the augmentations that they can make and how much prettier they will look. And me as a sales guy, I can tell, hey, that guy's selling you. He's not talking about the scars. He's not talking about the healing process. He's not talking about the pain. It all sounds very, it, it sounds like a guy selling you. It sounds like, yeah, yeah, we can just slap better tits on you. No problem. Yeah, we can just put this here. Your chin will look better. Yeah, we can make a cut over there. Yeah, your eyes, but those eyes don't look great. A little couple snips over here. And then sometimes you end up with Kenny Rogers face. Or I, I once met a dude who was telling me that if he had to do it again, he would not have gotten the hair implants because he did not realize how invasive that surgery was, that he was going to have to miss work and be at home and how much that shit hurt. But they don't they don't talk about it. you. Go, yeah, it's no big deal, man. I can slap. I, it's, they, they, they talk about it like it's sodding a field like, yeah, we can slap some grass on the top of your head. Look, at you're a fucking ugly, bald freak. No problem. Let me just throw some hair in there. It's thirty five hundred bucks. You know how much more you're going to get laid, how much better you're going to feel by yourself. Let me just throw a little hair in there. It's no big deal. So there's something creepy about plastic surgeons because, you know, they overlook the fact that they don't always go get it right. Their improvements don't always look that good. Uh, the surgeries are sometimes invasive. But what do they do? They suck you in. They go, yeah, what are you insecure about? Oh, I can fix that insecurity. No, it's really not going to be a big deal. No, this is what we do here. We do it all the time. Pain, come on. I give you a couple painkillers. You wake up, you look hot as hell. You're going to feel better about your life. Let me help you feel a little bit better. Don't you want to, you said, you said that you felt insecure about that, right? Well, here, let me show you on this diagram. Look, 3D, press two buttons. That's all it takes. Look at that fix. Doesn't that, don't you, doesn't that version of you look like a winner that you're going to feel good about? So I kind of got that vibes from this doctor. Let's uh, listen to two clips. Medical transition begin with uh, medication. So medical affirmation begins when the patient says they're ready for it. So that could be, a kiddo who is just starting puberty and panicking because they're getting breast buds or their penis is getting bigger and busier and they're worried about all kinds of masculine changes. And that way, puberty blockers, which are completely reversible and don't have permanent effects, are wonderful because we can put that pause on puberty. Just like if you were listening to music, you put the pause on and we stop the blockers and puberty would go right back to where it was. The next note in the song just delayed that period of time. So this, part, this is a part from later in the film as we start getting- Does that sound true to you? Does that sound accurate? Does that sound like that's a fair description of the way a puberty blocker would work? I mean, that's the doctor. I'm not the doctor. Does that sound like she's kind of selling it? Does that say, yeah, no big deal. We just put the pause on. I mean, you feel a little bit confused now, so let's just put the pause on it. And then if you decide you always want it to be a boy, we just unpause it. You always want it to be a girl, we just unpause it. It's no big deal. Don't you like pause? It's like a timeout in life. It's just a timeout. You know, sometimes you're not really sure. You're not even really in the mood to develop. So let's just let's just pause it. A nice little timeout. All right, and then here. Medical here transition the begin with uh, medication. So medical affirmation. One of the drugs used is Lupron, right? Which mm -hmm. has actually been used to chemically castrate sex offenders. You know what? I'm not sure that we should continue with this interview because it seems like it's oh, going in a particular direction. 
Well, you're a medical professional. I am a medical professional. So you don't want to talk about the drugs that you give to kids or? Again, I'm a physician and I use medication. You're choosing exploitive words. Drugs I give to I'm, kids. I'm choosing a chemical word that was in a dictionary. That's not a correct term for puberty blocking. Uh, I, mean, I could like look it up on my phone. I'm pretty sure if I looked it up. Like, you, you can look it up on your phone. It says medical definition, the administration of a drug to bring about a market. Good sales, huh? I don't like those words you're using. I prefer the more helpful, cheerful words. And, and and doesn't it sound nicer the way I say it? When I say it with the smile, which by the way, if you didn't already see it, there was this video of this lady in uh, Canada. We're going to play it later in the show. Who's talking about, hey, we're going to make sure that certain individuals with different political opinions as mine don't have jobs. It's all very nurse ratchet, very big smile. I'm just helping you here. I mean, sure, I ripped your dick clean off your body, but... Didn't I just help you? Don't you feel good? I'm going to do a video. It did come down a breakdown of how to spot the devil because the devil, you know, it's not, it's not heavy metal music. You think it's, it's not that it's very cheerful. It's very calm. It's got a big smile on its face and it's loving the fact that it's just fucking you over. All right. And now along the same lines, I'm actually, I'm going to take a quick piss break. You guys, you guys can talk amongst yourselves for about 60 seconds. So I'm going to have Robert coming on from Sheath. He can talk about the ear flaps. He can uh, tell us about what inventions he has coming down the line to protect your nuts. You know, doctors, they're coming for your nuts. So you're going to want to do everything that you can to protect them. You're going to want you're going to want yourself a pouch. Hey, Robert, Bobby, the bank right there. I'm actually I'm, I'm plugging Sheath as we speak. Hey, Robert, I, I really uh, wait. I'm going to pull you up. OK, hey, hey, hey. What's going on, buddy? I gotta take a piss real bad. You wanna you wanna entertain the fans for a minute? It'll, yeah, I it, do. It, it'll be like a sixty second break. You can get into whatever you want. All right, I was go ahead, go take your pee. I'm gonna. I was just got off my live stream and I was just playing chess live, and that's why I'm here like at the last minute because the fucking game went to the last like twenty seconds, and I had I was winning the whole game, and then he he got me with like five seconds left. I was like, right, you're like. Fuck. You're like a ranked chess player, right? I I, ha, I, I have a thousand. I'm ranked a thousand out of like, I'm uh, I'm going. I'm up. I'm way up. But uh, as you keep getting better, the talent, the competition gets better, and so you're always constantly challenged. So it's kind of fun. Like there you go. That. All right, I'll be, dude. I'll be back in one second. I got to pee. You can tell them about chess. You can tell them about the new bamboo underwears. You can tell them about whatever you want. I'll let be me back tell in a second. Them, let me tell them about the bamboo underwear. All right, I'll be back in one sec. Thank you, Robbie. Go take your time. Uh, everyone, Robbie the Fire Bernstein is the man. Love him. We're very good friends, and I'm very happy to be coming on here. Thank you all for being open to listening to me. I am the CEO of Sheath Underwear. I got Bobby CEO tips on TikTok. You can follow me, Bobby the Bank, on all the socials. I like the Robert Patton Global Podcast. Obviously, Robbie's been on there a few times. Rob, he likes to go by Rob, I think. Robbie's like a kid's name, I think. We've talked about it. But Robbie the Fire is cool. I'm Bobby the Bank. Robbie the Fire, Bobby the Bank. Very similar. Very cool. Two cats trying to make it in this world. Um, we just got a shipment into Houston. 30,000 pairs. A lot of them are our new, our bamboo. We got a new bamboo release called the G6. Is that gay or is that cheesy or something? I'll ask Robbie. That was oh, a fast, that was a fast piece. So I was just asking them, is it gay? I said, or cheesy. 
to call our new bamboo line the G6 because we've gone up to five and six is the next number, the next the next release. But like G6, it's like a song and a plane. And, you know, is it like... I thought, I thought plane when you said G6 because that's right. like... Uh, but it's not like the, that's like the super wealthy like jet, the private jet thing, right? No, right. I think that's cool. The G6. Okay. G6. Let me... Uh, Promise, I'm, my brain gets a little exhausted when I'm when I'm like a, an hour into running my mouth. I bet. But I feel like there's a I feel like there's a good slogan on the on the G6, maybe a playoff of comfort, riding in luxury. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Something along those lines. I'm pretty sure I was on some mushrooms when I had the idea, and I thought it was really good. And so far, nobody's shot it down. My face looks really red. I got a facial yesterday. Oh, no. I think you look sexy as hell. I like that shirt. It looks like you're going down south to import some narcotics. I like oh, this yeah. beard. I like the the little sprinkled in gray hair. I like I like what's going on. Hey, we got a question from uh, Forest Mommy who wants to know, how often is the Woodland Park store open? Ouch. Sheath harsh. enthusiasts out there. No, that's not I, harsh. That's support. No, it, it's, it's, it's open right now. Uh, my wife is there. It's We're supposed to be open 11 to 2. One of the drugs used is loop. We typically, we're not, so if you just, if you ring the bell, we'll be right there. I live five minutes away. We're, we're kind of bad about just like being there because it's more of a warehouse than a store and we get like maybe one customer a, a day. So it's not necessarily worth it for us to just like wait there. But if you hit us up, we can meet you there. Just hit us up on the contact at, you could text the contact at Chita. Anyways. We need no, to be gotta, there more. No, you, you got to sex this up. Here's yeah. the answer. You guys are always there. The store is always open, but it's like uh, it's like a speakeasy. You know, yeah. so you, you got to you like to pretend like it's closed because it's private clients only. It's only mm -hmm. people in the know. You don't want people just drifting into the store asking you questions about pouches. So that you got to ring the doorbell or you can yes. text Robert directly and you, you can try on all the sheets you want. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can check out like while you're waiting, maybe you can like peruse the website, see what you would like to buy. We do have a 30% off discount when you come into the store, which is go. kind of, isn't it weird though? It used to be like, it's cheaper online, but now it's like, we have to give incentives to come to our store. And you probably save on shipping too. Exactly. So you get also, we mm -hmm. should plug, you got a crazy flash sale going. Oh, we do have a crazy flash sale going. What is the disc? I think it's promo code flash. You save 35, 35. There you go. Off. And you guys, uh, you guys almost never go above a 20% discount. So this is uh, the limited opportunity. The only other time I think you guys have done that is the two days before Thanksgiving, which is 30% off. Exactly. We, we don't, we try to limit how much we, how, you know, how often we do discounts. So it makes it more special and that type of thing. You know. So this is your opportunity to load up. All right. Do you have a do you have a couple minutes now before we get into the business tip? I did have two other videos lined up that I'd love to uh, also get your commentary on. Do you have some time? I love it. Love it. Okay. So uh, hopefully you gotta give me a second to set this up because I want to make sure I get all the uh, all the sound right here. Oh, so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna remove you from the screen while I play this, and I'll bring you back on. Um, except now I gotta add this. Hold on one second. Look at this. We're figuring everything out. Bot <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull you down in one second. But this is, uh, I believe his name is Tom Cotton. Oh, and he's talking about military entrance exams. Now, this is not my topic of expertise. I'm not that concerned about the way the military operates. But I do think that this gives us an insight into the way socialism works, where mm. they're more agenda-driven than result-driven. 
Mm-hmm. And so let's give this a listen. And you with uh, expertise in the military can, uh, can help me break it down. You ready? Yes. would say that the new army combat fitness test is much more challenging than the army physical no, fitness no, test. No, it's not. It's not. The new standards are pathetic. They are absolutely pathetic. Here's what a female age 17 to 21 has to do to qualify for any job to include infantry and special forces. 10 push-ups. Run two miles. Let me put run in scare quotes as well. Make sure the record reflects I'm doing air quotes around run. In 23 minutes and 22 seconds. The standards for men age 17 to 21 are equally pathetic. 10 push-ups and a 22-mile run. In scare quotes again, run 22 minutes. Under the old test, a female age 17 to 21 had to do 13 push-ups. A man had to do 35 push-ups. Female had to run a two mile run in 19 minutes and 42 seconds. A man had to do it in 16 minutes and 36 seconds. Do you really think these new standards are adequate for the infantry and the special forces and artillery? Senator, uh, one of the reasons the tests, the, the numbers you just quoted are the case is because the new test is a six event test as opposed to a three-event test. I'm, I'm well aware of how many events there are. The, the standards for the other events are equally pathetic. They're equally pathetic. They're, they're are, you gonna, are you going to allow some... It's, it's a well-known fact that in certain MOSs, in the infantry, every unit I served in, every school I went to, a 60-point minimum was not acceptable. If you wanted to be promoted or get awards or go to schools, you had to get 90 points. Are you going to let subordinate commanders establish higher standards for their units? For things like the special forces, there are absolutely additional physical fitness requirements. No, are you going to let them say? Are you going to let them say you have to have ninety points, not sixty points, to be in this unit? The ACFT is our general fitness test. The answer is no. Your own, your own frequently asked questions. All right, we can stop it there. So let's start with uh, Robert. You went through the military. Uh, give us, give us your scoop. Does that sound like a good physical test? Uh, I mean, I'll just t- I'll tell you my experience with I won the physical fitness APFT award for basic training for my whole battalion and I got a 324. He said you got to get well, you got to get a 90 in each um, category or 60 in each category. I got 100 in each category plus uh, a couple extra points and I beat everyone. And I was anyways. So it, if you join the army, you know, you're going to have to be physically fit. I would think if you've ever seen a movie and like full metal jacket and they're going to yell at you. So be prepared. Then we're going to push you to be your best. Um, 10 pushups is kind of sad. I would run the, the, the two mile in like 12 or 13 minutes. I think I did a 10 minute one time. I wasn't the best runner, but I was maxed. I mean, that, that's unbelievable. I can't, I can maybe do one mile in eight minutes. I don't even think I could do two in 16, but I would, yeah, we would be, we would be there with soldiers and they would start walking during the run. Cause they literally could not run two miles without stopping. And so there's a, there's a lot of chubsters and just like people that you got to push yourself. And if you're going to join the military, I feel like you should be ready for that. And, and well, lo- lowering the standards doesn't seem yeah. So the lowering of the idea. standards seems to me that someone decided, hey, we want to have women in the elite 
groups I... so we can go that we have women in the elite groups right but there's a stupidity of it you know the free market's kind of more performance driven than mm -hmm. socialism which yes. is hey we've got this goal or we've got this agenda so we're gonna orient things around the agenda uh and when that even encroaches on the military right where you know people like imagine if you're in a fucking elite unit and there's some fat you know uh there's some fat lady who was forced on your unit that's a liability that's not like you know what i mean that's not funny that somebody had an like it's like having female firefight it's great if you can pass the test but otherwise there shouldn't be a quota for it we had a sergeant craig she was a little hefty they put you on like a plan she i mean she was like big big woman and uh but she was our sergeant and she led and she was badass and in her own like in a mental way but yeah the physical fitness once you get in you can start like sliding down the hill like you don't have to keep it up because once you're in you like you said it is socialism to the extent that it's very hard to get you out you can you know it's hard to lose your job you get all these warnings and they try to coach you and help you and re-educate you and stuff and, and like it's the biggest waste not waste but there's so much waste in the military like on a day-to-day -day basis we don't have anything to do unless we're going to war so they give you busy work we were right. we were raking leaves mowing lawns picking up trash just they it, moving rocks you would move rocks from here to there and back etc and it was just like literally just busy work yeah so busy work um yeah. just so just to bring home the point because uh prior to this we were kind of talking about uh the way that they seem to be pushing the trans stuff and they're even pushing it you know uh an acceptability towards kids or a movement towards gender reaffirming care uh it, there seems to be an agenda behind this that's not rooted in reality i don't quite know what they're looking to achieve or why it's important to them uh, but it does fit in nicely with the video that we just watched of the military, which you would think if it's the military, right, the goal is going to be let's have a strong, a strong military that can, you know, achieve agendas, get through operations and lowering fitness standards so that you can promote equality or women being an elite units would not fit mm -hmm. in with that. But it, they're like it's just to me, it kind of fits together where uh, seemingly there's more of an agenda than than there is like you know actual logic i mean when you're saying that i'm thinking the agenda is you know do have more wars or, or or like secret wars or whatever they're doing behind the scenes while they can say hey but we promoted these trans women and their sergeants we have we're you know we're very pro gay rights and stuff so don't worry about what we're doing over here killing people in other countries and whatnot i'm not sure it's like All a right. diversion, right? A yeah. di like a diversion, a distraction. You mean so that they, uh, whatever the fuck's going on in Somalia or these other things, we're just talking about whether or not the military should be woke, but right. secretly the CIA and Pentagon, they're still being fucking badasses, but they're just doing creepy shit we wouldn't want to know about. Not, not that the public wouldn't buy it, probably, so they, they know what the public will buy, and the public will buy... would say that the new... Women's rights, and I mean, and, or whatever, and of course, women should have rights. They do have so rights. we just got done with the drag... Sorry, I'm trying to line up the next video here. You're good. I mean, all the new... Like, everyone has rights. Like, we don't have to keep changing shit to make more rights for different people. Like, you all, we all have the same rights, period. We, we have a good amount of them. 
Yeah, I think we all have the same amount of rights. Oh, I think I put the wrong video in. Like, right, we're going to have to wait yes, for Yes, it can be negative at times. There was a video online of this uh, lady in uh, Canada who works in HR. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw that one, but she was like basically saying, uh, and it was the in the creepiest, most nurse ratchet way possible of people in HR. We talk. It's a small industry. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you're a freedom fight, you're not going to have a job. Or if you have a job, you're going to lose your job. It was Ugh. just like this uh, uh, amazing right. assumptiveness of that her political uh, or her political point of view is so accurate that she should be in a position of power to ruin people's lives. Like not even like literally she's taking pride in the fact that she has the power to ruin people's lives. Yeah. Like you won't get a job anywhere if, if you don't say what we want you to say or, you know, kind of like espouse the woke narrative and i i'm i'm just i don't want to bend to the will i i, I just like That's i was just watching your this own companies man like you. yeah well and but then my some of my people are woke and it's it's oh, a really? little bit of a it, it's a little bit of a challenge and i have to like walk this line i could get into it about like if we can't ha like uh you can't have like super hot girls because uh, as models because that's like not for whatever reason cool and, and anymore so if you look at our pictures Wait, you have people who are giving you shit that you have to have uglier models like real with real women and like you know like and men and like older men it's this whole movement it's just it, it's it's not just the women thing but it's like so i thought sex sold i was under the impression sex sells and hot people sell product and now we're moving in this other direction and I can't say that sales are going up as a result. So I don't think it's necessary. It's just kind of, pan to me, it's kind of pandering. It's like, put, I mean, well, we've, we've put up the, the, the pride flag on our, on Facebook before. And, and I meant it when we did it, but I don't want to do it every year. It's like, I want to do it when it feels genuine and not just because we're supposed to, or we have to, or whatever. Dude, know? stick with the hot chicks. Uh, <laughs> I'm, we're we will kind of maybe i don't know we still have people we like we're not bringing them in but we have a lot of people that are they just send us they're like instagrammers and then like take pictures and we use those but as far as models coming in it's it's it is it's dude the it's complicated the your, your employees like twitter employees took over twitter my employees are trying to take over our agenda for sheath to promote sexiness fuck that dude it's your company stick stick to the hot chicks be the cool brand all right you're be all authentic fired. there you go I, I i'll come in as a consultant i'll fire all the woke people for you um all right robert let's end on a positive note i i've I, this was one of our darker episodes where i've explored some things that are uh truly creeping me out about the culture the world at large but at the end of the day as uh pete said on the program you know, do you. you like we can all be successful in our own lives, live debt free, grow businesses, be free, unplug ourselves from the system by uh, becoming financially independent. Mm -hmm. So what's uh, every month we have you on at the top of the month for some business tips. What do you got for us this month? I, I mean, I don't know if I've said this, but I, I'm pretty sure I know I've mentioned it, but like this is number one and this is by the book Think and Grow Rich. Read it. Start that now because everything else I tell you is kind of like a playoff of that. And it's going to take months or years to re like imagine the possibilities like to, you have to change the structure of your mind. Cause we've been programmed 
to think a certain way to, you know, we all know, like go to school, go to college, get a job, get married, pay your taxes, buy a house, et cetera. But you have to like pull yourself out of the matrix, quote unquote, and think of grow rich really ex um, tells you, it kind of like lays down the blueprint on how to do that because we, you have to change the way you think. And it starts with believe, like kind of just believing that you could even be the CEO of a country, you know, our country, <laughs> yeah, a whole country. You can get there, Tump buddy. Yeah. Manifest it. Trumpy, Trump, Trump. But I mean, I was, um, fuck, I watched The Office and there's, I forget where I was going with that, but you, oh, oh yeah. So like uh, Ryan is telling Michael that he wants to own his own company one day and, and, and Michael's like, <laughs> he just like laughed at him and like, that's insane. You can't do that. Like that's impossible. And I think a lot of people think probably they think they want to, but in the reality, they don't think that they can. And so it, this book, it just shows so many examples of so many people who the odds were stacked against them. Like their debt, some kid was deaf, ended up making millions selling door to door, a, a black dude in the 19, like early 1900s selling soap door to door ended up, you know, creating a makeup company, I think as a result of like the hustle. But if a black dude in, in the early 1900s can become a millionaire, it's just like, you don't have any excuses. You can do it. And, and another thing, this is, I mean, most of us are in America. It's still like that land of opportunity. You can still do it, whatever race, gender you are, religion, maybe not, but race, no, I'm just kidding just kidding <laughs> but anyways anyone can make it in america and and you the immigrant i don't want to get all over the place but it's like the mentality of i can do it like really is the starting point and if you don't think you can do it yet like read this book and it'll show you you can like where i'm not special i'm not smart i'm not exceptionally smart good looking i'm you know like they say tall all people. those things robert thanks killing the game Hey, rec rec chess player and uh, first in the class military. I did do really well in the military, and that gave me a lot of confidence, actually. But you know, it's a it's a long journey. It's like a decade. They in the book, uh, more than a decade, twenty years. In the book, it says you have to be willing to dedicate twenty years of your life towards this goal without pay. And that's what like the kind oh, of that's good. So for comedy, I'm 11 years in. I'm, I've yeah. done I've done 11, so I just Boom. need to put in another nine. And you'll be you'll be at the top. And that's I like that's... Uh, I I actually have not read all of that book, but uh, one of the ideas that stuck with me is that he talks about how most people didn't find success until they're 50. That yeah. it's kind of 50 to 60 uh, are yeah. like the the golden years for success. And then there's another chapter where he talks about all of persuasion kind of comes down to uh, sexuality. And then yeah, it talks sexual about how, transmutation. Yeah, you're transmuting the sexual energy. Go ahead. A little what bit. Say? No, no, no. I, I, no, no. I think you probably have a better handle on it. But when I read that, uh, I do think, don't kid yourself, there's a persuade. Well, he doesn't even put it as being attractive, even though I do think there is a persuasiveness of being attractive. And that's kind of what you're talking about with the being tall. Yeah. Uh, but that there's, uh, there's definitely a way of, I guess, selling, I'd have to reread it. Maybe you, maybe you have a better handle on that one, but the idea definitely stuck with me. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he, that made me think of like Bill Clinton or something, and like transmuting sexual energy and just being really charming and just like gushing with sexual energy, I guess. But I don't think that's it's complicated. I take blue shoes before I leave the house. Now I just that, try and walk around erection first. That's funny. What's that guy, uh, Matt and Shane's secret podcast? It was so cool. I was just listening to it. it was Shane Gillis and Matt, whatever Matt's name is, last name, McCusker. but Matt, what is it? I think it's McCusker. McCusker. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're so funny. And he was, he was like, I was, I had a little mini chub in my sheets. And, and this lady, you know, might she was going to try to try to take advantage of me because she saw my chub in my sheets. Shane now, just it put was, out a, oh, yeah. a new sketch that I was mad how funny it was. Uh, it's, like, it's like very like Monty Python level brilliance where he's backstage. His brother just gave his first speech as a king. The levels of silliness and jokes in there. It's really good. Mm, they're they're like i'm so glad we like connected with them at skankfest by the way i met him oh yeah at skankfest i ran up to him and i was like that's shane gillis i went and like handed him a pair of sheath and just left i didn't you know i like to like harass them but i put a pair in his hands and he but took you're it in this yeah he was really cool about it i know shane i mean matt is like more of a fan because he, he tells like stories about how he wears them and how much com more comfortable they are and shane Shane's being Shane, I guess. I can't yeah. really tell if he's a super fan, but he's he's <laughs> he's cool. He's they're awesome. Anyways, I went on. All right, let's. Uh, I I'm loving the look on the studio. I think the you've built it up a little bit. Almost got like a surf a surf shop type feel or something with the yeah. table there. You got the RPG logo. Uh, so why don't why don't we uh why don't you plug the podcast because that's where you really delve deep on success. I know you had Colum on recently, who's real funny. Terrell. Who else yeah. have you had on recently? Who are the recent guests? Um, the dude Jesse on fire, Jesse Merle. Oh, that guy's great. great. Yeah, Malice. I had uh, uh, Louis J Gomez. I've had Brandon Marino, UFC champion of the He's world. He's fun. That guy's cool. Yeah. The, and my last episode with Brandon, um, he, he we went over like all the gossip of, like of the UFC and who's talking shit and you know performance enhancing drugs and a lot of just fun topics. I was. It was it was my 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 favorite podcast probably except the one we've done of course we've done a couple so you you know Robbie's been on a couple times so it's the Robert Patton Global Podcast on YouTube and all the podcast stations there you go I enjoy it all right let's plug uh, one last time promo code RYM get you twenty percent off uh, you do have the super sale going on today and then next next month. Uh, we'll, we'll see who, uh, who got the sheath hats. Cause we got, okay. I think we have like six that we got to send out to some people. I don't, let me count them. I know we have two. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know what people really love those hats. Everyone was oh, like, they went, uh, well, I know the, uh, uh, Wes from Zia. I see he, you sent him uh, one. Yes. He's been posting with it on. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we, we got to get one or two to the fans. We got two. I'll save the two. And yeah, Wes does the CBG weed and I've been, trying to get off weed weed like in, it's more like a cbd cbg kind of thing and I, I i i respect what he's doing shout out to wes out there hell yeah all right there you go run your mouth podcast our loyal sponsor sheath underwear i got them on right now all right, let's see if i can get them up to the camera all right let's do there it. you go there you go sheath off baby this is that's my how, colorado pair but that's how anyway. stretchy it is i was able to get all the way up to my chest good Damn, fabric it's a front wedgie there What's you go. Home? Well, I don't have I don't have big nuts. Melvin. So. <laughs> a Melvin. That's all. So. All right. Always a pleasure, Mr. Robert. Thank you for joining I, us. Have a yeah. Great day. Thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. Peace.
Summer Porch Store. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're going to be there. I got to plug Summer Porch Store. Uh, here are the dates coming up. Firstly, we're going cross country. I got Sandpoint, Idaho. I've got Seattle, Chicago with Dave. Probably going to do a run your mouth that Sunday before I go to the baseball game. It's going to be an afternoon brunch podcast. Don't have the details yet for that. Nashville, back at my friend Andrew's house. He's got, he built a whole theater for us, dude. He's doing the Alex Jones Theater. He's got no. good stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. He just, he, he, he's got the whole archive of Alex Jones. Oh, there, there's the the new the, the pairs. You guys can see the uh, the modular system. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, closing out the tour is going to be at Forest Mommy's house out in uh, Colorado. We're going to be doing the Smokeout Bugout. Robert will be judging it. The uh, the Shedcast boys will be out there rapping, and I will be hoping to uh, film my 45 to an hour and putting out a summer porch tour special. So come hang out. Fuck yeah. We'll be there. Hell All yeah. Right. All right. Later, Robert. Later, Robert. <laughs> <laughs>